This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Career Talk on Business Radio. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. Hey, we are here on Sirius XM Business Radio Channel 132, and if it's Thursday, noon Eastern, we are live with open calls all hour long at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist, former corporate recruiter, and author of the book Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and Seize Success. We have the dynamic duo in studio, Dion and Dana, here all hour, and we're going to be doing lots of fun things today, true confessions. So get ready for that. And we're going to be talking about guilt. Now, you might say, what does guilt have to do with your career? Well, you may or may not know that You spend five hours a week, five hours a week feeling this emotion. And if you think, ah, no, I don't. Well, we're going to talk about today how you actually do and you may not notice it. But even more than that, this gets in the way of the decisions you make, the people you spend time with, how you approach your work, your ability to concentrate, so many things. So we want you to be aware of it and we want you to be able to let it go. Just let it go. So before we get to that, of course, we always do our current news. And hey, according to USA Today, there's a multi-generational traffic jam on the upper rungs of America's career ladders. More baby boomers put off retiring. Millennials and Gen Xers are finding it harder to move up. So... Some 41% of millennials say they've struggled with promotions because boomers are delaying their retirement, leading younger workers to job hop for bigger titles and higher pay. Is this impacting you? Are you seeing this in your workplace? We want to hear from you. 844-942-7866. But let's go ahead and get on with the show. We're talking all about guilt today. And we're very excited to welcome back fan favorite Carrie Spaulding, the 30-something coach on Career Talk today, an expert coach and facilitator. Carrie helps people create the relationships, careers, and lives they want. A former teacher and very talented improv performer. Carrie is accredited by the International Coaching Federation and for the last two years has been traveling as a nomad across the U.S., impacting many people's lives. So we're so excited to have her back in Philly in studio today. Welcome, Carrie. I am so happy to be back with you. It's been too long. It has been too long, but I have to say kudos to you. You just decided to pack up Put your stuff in storage and spent have literally spent the last two years going around the country, staying in Airbnbs, living your life, doing your coaching, doing training. Tell us about that. That is like incredible. Yeah, it, it has been incredible. And it's a real testament to something that I have a, a hunch we'll end up talking about today as part of this guilt topic uh, is that, you know, it was a an example of listening to information that I got from myself and acting on it. And so much of guilt is about when we don't do that, right? When we get a message from ourselves, when we know things aren't right, or when we know something would be right, 
and we push it under the rug. So when the when the intuition for this nomadic adventure came into my mind, I said yes to it almost immediately. And the last two years are just a testament to how powerful that can be because I cannot imagine my life without having gone on this nomadic adventure and continuing to listen to the information that I'm getting from myself. I think I would certainly, I don't know about guilt, but certainly have a lot of regret <laughs> if I had push that, that under the rug. Yeah, and my question to you, Carrie, has always been, I mean, I've, I follow you on Facebook, and I see you're always in a different town, meeting different people, and it's super cool, but where do you get your Amazon packages? <laughs> like, oh. oh, it's such a good and concrete question. <laughs> well, I, you know, it, it turns out that you can actually pick them up with your Amazon Locker. I did that several times in Austin, Texas. Um, I remember that was my first Amazon Locker experience, and and, you know, you wait until you know you're definitely going to be somewhere long enough, and then you get all the mail to come to you. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, bills, all that. I mean, a lot of that stuff can be done online now. But but I think as people are thinking about even just relocating, never mind, traveling across the country, never knowing where you're going to wake up the next day, it's, it's wow. I mean... I, I am just so impressed with that, Carrie. And um, I like that the thing you're most impressed with is my ability to get my Amazon packages. Yeah, that was, I have to say that has been the very hardest <laughs> and most meaningful part. I think that would be the one thing that stops me from going. It's like I'm ready for this adventure. I'm, you know, I've got the courage to do it. But wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. Amazon Prime. I can't live without it. I guess I'll just stay put. Hey, you're just tuning in. You're listening to Career Talk Series XM Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. And hey, today we're going to have a really fun show. We're talking about career guilt, which in and of itself isn't very fun, but getting beyond it and realizing that you can get five hours of your week back, your mental energy back is going to be so cool. So if you have something that you feel guilty about, maybe you want to get it off your chest and true confessions, we can we can help you with that. We can absolve you of your guilt, right, Carrie? 844-942-7866. How do you plead? Guilty or not guilty? Oh, guilty, but with a real good excuse. But they plead not guilty? The defendant is not guilty. You're the one who's guilty. So talking about guilt, <laughs> there's some really good reasons why we feel guilt. So some some of the positive things are feeling guilt about calling your mom on Mother's Day and saying, oh, I got to make that call. And um, recognizing that if you've done something wrong that you need to apologize for. But there's a lot, a lot of harmful ways that guilt can get in the way of your production, your concentration, your creativity. And a lot of these obviously have to do with your career. So that's what we're talking about today, how to release that guilt, Recognize it and let it go so that you can put that energy into more important things. And sometimes it's just about feeling joy. So, so Carrie, let's get into this. Um, there's so many reasons that people feel guilt, and a lot of it is what they call micro guilt. You don't even know you're experiencing it, but maybe you're you're working on a project or something, and this thought pops into your head, and they 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 equate it to like a snooze button going off, and all of a sudden you think of something, you're like, oh, I should be doing that. So, as a coach who works with primarily thirty somethings, what do you see people feeling? guilty about related to their careers? So a, a big one with the people that I work with is the guilt of, I should have figured this out by now, right? So this feeling of, I'm in my 30s, I thought I got messages from society, right, that I was going to have it all figured out and be a real adult by now, in quotes, right? We all know that, that that's no, that there's really no such thing. Um, and this feeling of either I, I did everything I thought I was supposed to do, and I'm not happy, and guilt about feeling not happy, 
or guilt about, you know, I never really figured it out. I never I, I never figured out the career thing. I'm not established. When I look around at what my friends are doing, I feel out of place with the level of success that I thought I would have. Or um, I didn't figure it out. You know, I didn't prioritize certain things, and now I don't have those in my life. And that can be really overpowering. I do think that guilt is... Um, often a cover emotion that really speaks to some other underlying feelings. And sometimes it's actually not so much guilt, which is like I did something bad or I did something wrong, but more like shame. Like mm-hmm. I, there's something wrong with me or I am bad in some way. And oftentimes the people that I work with may be expressing guilt and then underneath that is really more of the shame and the fear. Like what if there's something wrong? What if I don't figure it out? What if I never get there. Yeah. And we underestimate how our emotions impact our decisions. And there's scientific research that shows we actually can't, we as humans can't make a decision without it going through the amygdala and the emotional process, even though, even though we're super rationalizing, we're super rationalizing why this is a good decision. But if you think about it, if emotions didn't play a role, we would never eat a cookie again. Because is there ever really a good reason to eat a cookie unless you're in the middle of the desert starving and the only thing you have to eat is a cookie? No. But we're very good at saying, here's all the reasons why I deserve this cookie. In the same way, we're very good at punishing ourselves when we feel like we've done something wrong. And and something you're kind of talking about on the periphery, Carrie, I think is comparison. I think with social media, there is so much more of an opportunity to compare ourselves to others, which leads to anxiety, depression, of course, guilt, shame, fear, all of these emotions that we may not even be processing. So, so do you see that coming into play in your coaching work? Oh, for sure. You know, there's, there's this... I think I think we've talked about this before, Don, this thing where we compare our insides to other people's outsides. We see everybody's personal PR on Facebook. We see what everybody is putting out there and we don't feel like we're measuring up to that. Or in some cases, we had expectations placed on us by our parents. And it turns out that we're, our lives are looking a lot different from the way their lives did or the way that they wanted our lives to look or uh, or the way that maybe just that picture that was painted for us. And so we compare ourselves not only to other people in the present, but we compare ourselves to the picture that we had of what we might have become in the past. And that can be a really big double whammy for people. And not only social media, but I feel like every single commercial you see on TV, Carrie, is saying, I'm not good enough. My teeth aren't white enough. My car isn't cool enough. My, you know, the music I listen to isn't the right music. I mean, I feel like we're constantly being bombarded. I think media uses guilt as a way for us to take action. Oh, for sure. It's it's this message of, you know, you're not enough, but you will be when. Yeah, you will <laughs> you be when. You will be in three easy steps. It's a message that we internalize, as you said, so much more than we're conscious of. That because we have those micro thoughts, we have those fleeting things that go through our heads, often at times where we're not really in a in a place either emotionally or logistically to act on them. And to act on them would be really scary because it would mean actually listening to the information that we're getting from ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that can become almost like a soundtrack to our lives. And it becomes normal, right? That anxiety, that worry, that kind of constant drone of not enough is something that many, many, many of us are carrying throughout most days. And and since we're not conscious of it, we don't interrupt it. And we don't 
actually take the action that we need to. Mm-hmm. 844-942-7866. So, hey, are you carrying around some career guilt? Maybe you got a promotion and your colleague didn't. Maybe you survived a layoff and your colleagues didn't. Maybe you're pursuing a career path or major that your parents were not happy with. There's so many things that we carry around and get in the way of the decisions we're making, get in the way of our happiness, get in the way of progressing in our career. If you're carrying around one of these and you want to find out how you can put it aside and use that energy to be successful, you are on the right channel. If it's Thursday noon Eastern, you're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM 132. And we're taking your calls right now at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. So I have to go to Dion. Dion, what is your career guilt? What are you carrying around? Let's do some true confessions <laughs> so that, you know, we can we can absolve you of your guilt. What is my career guilt? Yeah. I think I'm happy. Is that that's I'm, a bad I'm, thing? I'm oh. No, I'm asking you. Oh wait, no. You feel I'm guilty confused. for being happy? <laughs> um no. I'm happy about being happy. I don't oh. think I have any career guilt. So yeah, so this makes sense to me, Carrie, because I, I was reading a study that said ninety six percent of women have at least at least one guilty thought of day a day, but men are actually guilt deficient. <laughs> I'm deficient. <laughs> Seems like a bad thing now. Right, well, guilt deficient <laughs> may be a good thing, but you know, hey. Um, all right, Dana. Dana, you must have career guilt. I think mine mine is more like mom guilt at work. Okay. You know, it's mom related. Yeah. Like this morning, I'm at a class and I have to leave early because I'm going to work, but all the other moms are staying there. That's my guilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a big one. As I was researching that show, that one comes up a lot, Carrie, that people are guilty. Should I go back to work? Should I not go back to work? Am I setting a good example? Am I, you know, should I be home raising my children? Did I take too much time off? What am I? That That's huge. So do you see that in your coaching practice? And how can people get beyond that? Because that's a tough one. Yeah. So I, I, I really see that most of the time guilt is an emotion that when we inquire about it, it's actually got some other things going on underneath it. And in that case, that sort of underlying feeling is often really a case of conflictedness. It's about conflict between two things that really matter, between two competing values. So when we feel unhappy, it tends to be because there's a value in our lives not being met. And when we feel guilty, it's oftentimes because we're wrestling with two different or more high values that feel like they're in competition with each other and wrestling back and forth between, you know, I I really care about my family and being there for them and I really care about my work and delivering what I'm supposed to there. And when you when you look at it that way, it becomes much easier to validate yourself that like, well, of course, you're stuck. These are two really important things. And it feels like when you put deposits in one bucket, you know, the other one feels emptier as a result, because, you know, time management is really just choice management. We all have 24 hours in a day. And time management is about what we choose to do with those hours each and every day. And I think almost never does that challenge of, of choice become more pronounced than when you deal with that the mom dilemma, right? <laughs> like the feeling of where am I going to put my time? And and one of the things that people can do if they're feeling that kind of a challenge is, first of all, get really clear on what are the actual feelings underneath the guilt. Guilt is only useful as a messenger 
and as a trigger towards forward action. That's what guilt is good for. It gives us information that something's out of whack, and it can guide us to take action on something we might have been avoiding dealing with. And so for that kind of a dilemma, guilt might be giving you a message that, okay, I have these two things that are really important to me, and I'm not actually able to change time. I can't bend time and what that is. What I can do is get really clear on what choices I'm making and why and make sure that on on each of those sides, let's say it's family and, and work, right? What are the non-negotiables on each side that I'm going to honor no matter what? And to be really realistic about how I can honor those things given the constraints of being a human being and a 24-hour time construct mm-hmm. <laughs> that we live in so that you clean up your your intentions and reasons and um, and don't don't be holding yourself accountable for something that um, that isn't actually serving you, right? Like this vision of like I am supposed to be the perfect human who is 24 hours at work and 24 hours at home, and you know, oh, also by the way, I like I don't know, take amazing vacations and like read books and go to seminars <laughs> and do every other thing that you know we're that that media does tell us that we're supposed to do and supposed to be. Eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Are you experiencing mom guilt? Going back to work? Not going back to work? Are you experiencing guilt in the workplace in other ways? Maybe you feel like you should be further in your career than you are. Maybe you feel like you should have found your passion, which, um, you know, you see your friends who love their jobs and you're thinking, I should be here. Maybe you think you should be making more money or have more stability. If you're worrying about these things, we want to help you today on Career Talk. We're here with Carrie Spaulding, the 30-something coach. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and it is always open calls if it's Thursday noon Eastern at 844-WHARTON-844-942-7866. So interestingly, Carrie, I pulled uh, I pulled some information about what people tend to feel most guilty about. And the top one is giving in to a craving. And the research shows that you could spend over four hours feeling guilty afterward if you give in to a craving. So if you give in to that cookie or God knows there's a lot of things you can give into. So um, I think, again, that craving comes from from what we see on social media, from what we see around the world. There's the the family and friends one is is high on the list as well. Number two, not going to the gym is another one that comes up on the list. So we're all doing leaving a pet at home. This was this is a big one for me. Hitting the snooze button every morning, another big one for me. Um, pretending you're working when you're actually watching something on your computer. Nope, never do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this was an interesting one that made the top twenty. Not using your juicer. I don't have a juicer, so. Hence, I can't feel guilty about that, but maybe I should feel guilty about not using a juicer. And here's another one I do not feel guilty about, returning unwanted Christmas gifts. I'm not sure why you'd feel guilty about that. but So there's a lot of things that we're all carrying around, and I think if people start to think about it, we've all felt guilty about little things like, oh, I threw the bottle in the, in the regular trash and not the non-recyclable. It might just be a split second it could be that that you're you're involved in gossiping and you walk away from that conversation and for that split second you're like oh, I probably shouldn't have said that but those split seconds add up to 5 hours or more 
a week and this is robbing your joy, but more importantly, it's impacting your decisions, your concentration, and how you are successful in your career. So if you are feeling guilty about something, we want to help you 844-942-7866. So Carrie, one of the things that, that you're talking about, and I love how you talk about choice, that we all have 24 hours and we all have to make choices. I think the other piece that I want to tie into this too is values. We I want to talk about both of those because you talk about what do you value. And I think a lot of people can't make good choices because they don't know what they value. They don't stop and think about it. They think about what they should value. I should value a healthy lifestyle. I should value getting a promotion. I should value making more money. But they may not value these things. So I think you have to first... Before you can make good choices, get really clear on your values. How can people do that, Carrie? Well, there's lots of ways, but one way you can get clear on your values is to when you are experiencing guilt, there's usually going to be a pretty big clue about your values in there. So I, I think of guilt as as there's kind of two camps, right? There's sort of discrete incident guilt. I feel guilty about a specific thing I did or didn't do. And, you know, maybe I snapped at my partner or maybe I didn't send my mom a a birthday card again. Right. There's these sort of discrete incident guilt. And then there's you might call it like broad spectrum guilt. Right. The kind of guilt that we've been talking about where we're getting information from ourselves over a long period of time that this isn't the right career for me or I'm not. I'm, I'm just kind of phoning it in. So in either of those cases, there there are clues to your values. Because let's say that you have one of those more discrete instances of guilt. You can ask yourself, you know, what am I making it mean about myself that I did that or that I didn't do that? And what I'm making it mean about myself is usually going to be a clue to a value. Because let's say, like, what am I making it mean about myself that I didn't send my mother a card? And the answer could be different for different people in that same, I think, very relatable example where it could be, well, I'm making it mean that I'm not caring or I'm making it mean that I'm totally disorganized or I'm making it mean that I um, that I take things for granted. Right. And so if you look at those things, you can say, okay, it sounds like I value being caring or I think I should value being caring. It it sounds like I either value organization or I, I should Right. And then you can get really clear on is that thing really important to me? And or is it a value in some cases? I think maybe the mother card example isn't the best one for that. Um, But is it is it actually a value that I'm feeling guilty because I've been programmed to think that being a good human being means to value something? And actually, I like I just don't. I have a lot of 30 something clients. It's such an interesting thing in your 30s. Your values can often shift and expand. And a really common thing that I see is that people who have not historically had a high value for money have a higher value for money develop. And they might have a higher value for things like security or structure, where they might have kind of thought of themselves as people who just like want to be spontaneous and have freedom and exploration and all of these things. And there can be sort of value guilt that happens because maybe you had a bad association with the value, with caring about money, right? So whenever you're feeling uncomfortable in a situation in your life, whether it's because you feel like you did something wrong or whether it's because you have that gnawing feeling of like something is wrong, you can ask yourself like, what, what, what is it that I'm making that mean? What is it that I'm not doing or honoring that I think I should be? That's a great 
clue to your values. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you think that emotions don't play into your career success, we are going to tell you exactly why and how they do all our on Career Talk with Carrie Spaulding, the 30-something coach, 844-942-7866. And we're going to go to the phones right now with Sun in Pennsylvania. Welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today, Sun? Um, thank you for taking my call. Um, the question I have on my mind is I have a co-worker who is uh, holding the same title as I am. And during the meetings, um, when we have a lot more senior leaders, there are many times my viewpoint are well appreciated and whereas uh, his viewpoint are uh, not taken, I sometimes feel like I'm hurting his feeling uh, just because we are holding the same kind of position, but it is not intentional. Uh, so because of this guilt feeling, there are occasions in which I hold up my thoughts. Yes. Even if I feel like I have something to share, I hold up the thoughts. Yeah, that is such a good, good example, son. So basically, you're, you're in meetings and you have some good ideas that maybe are praised or rewarded by, by your boss or other senior leaders and your, your um, co-workers' ideas are not. And so you're starting to feel like you're hurting your co-worker, which is making you then make the decision to kind of hold back your ideas. I think this is a perfect example of how things in the workplace can, Im- how guilt can impact things in the workplace. So, um, Carrie, as we're as we're talking to Sun about this, I think this is a very uh, uh, discreet example, but one that can perpetuate because at some point Sun might decide, oh, I want to go for a promotion, but maybe I'm not going to do that because of my coworker. And so how do you how do you resolve that when, you know, this isn't even something that Sun is doing wrong. It's just something that the environment around him is creating the situation where where he feels badly about what he's contributing. Yeah, it, well, what strikes me first, son, is it sounds like you have a lot of compassion and empathy, and those may be particularly high values for you. They certainly seem to be like things you're experiencing for this coworker. And a lot of us do feel guilt when we are in a place of recognition, or in some cases, I'm thinking about just privilege in terms of, you know, we have a roof over our heads, or we have food to eat, or whatever, and we see somebody who's not in that situation, we can feel guilt. Because as heart-led humans, it hurts to see other people hurting, or it it hurts to see other people um, not achieving what what they want to achieve. So, I think one thing that's really important is just to acknowledge if that resonates with you. Oh, okay. Part of what I'm feeling here is really a compassion for this coworker. And how can I bring that compassion forward and honor my other values for my own contribution at work? Right. So it's not negotiable that you continue to honor your values for your own success or, you know, you said you're holding up your thoughts and you have contributions to make that you may be holding back. I commend you for having enough awareness to know that, you know, that that your your contributions are filling up some of the space available. And if you feel like you're not um, like if you feel like you're steamrolling or you feel like you're not actually uh, open to hearing other people's ideas, that's one thing. But that's not what I'm hearing you say. I'm hearing you say, I have these ideas, I'm being recognized, and and I see a, co- a colleague who's not. So how can you bring forward your compassion and how can you be empathetic and 
and continue to create space for other people's ideas while also uh, while also making your own contribution. Yeah, and I um I think that's an incredible insight, um, Carrie, about the sensitivity. And I think it is true that the more sensitive we are to other people, the more we can kind of get this maybe secondhand guilt uh, from these situations that we're not causing, but is coming around through the environment. And I'm wondering, son, if there's an opportunity to maybe recognize your colleague in the meetings, or maybe your colleague is a little bit more introverted and, and takes a little bit longer to generate ideas and that's something that that I can tell you as an introvert. For me, most of the time, if I'm in a meeting with extroverts, they've moved on to the next topic before I finally <laughs> got a good idea. So maybe it's partly inviting your colleague into the conversation that would be helpful or um, building on an idea after your colleague has put it forward. Or maybe your colleague had a great idea in the background that didn't come up in the meeting and you could say, hey, well, you know, when we were talking about this project outside of the office, my colleague Bob here had a great idea that I think we should all talk more about. So it could be that you can actually help bring that recognition into the room, which might cause other people to realize that, wow, this colleague does have some really good ideas. They're just maybe uh, not sharing them or feeling like they're kind of getting steamrolled because everybody else in the room is <laughs> is jumping in too quickly. Um, I also think you could talk to your colleague and say, you know, um, you know I, I thought that was a really good idea. I mean, obviously, if you think that's true, you could say after the meeting, you know, we didn't really get to talk about your idea too much, but I really thought that was a great contribution and it helped people get to the next level of the discussion. And so you can take that on yourself to recognize your colleague as well, which I think will go a long way. But this is this is a great example, son. Thank you so much for calling in and sharing this. And um, we wish you all the best in your, your future meetings. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk 844-942-7866. We're here with Carrie Spaulding, the 30-something coach, and we're talking all about career guilt and we're going to go to the phones with Mattia in Kentucky. Welcome to the show. Hi. 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 So workplace guilt. You feeling it? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. I don't know how fast the first person called in, but I thought it was a interesting that not everyone was maybe clamoring to call in. Call in and Um, confess true confessions. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we want to hear yours. Um, Let's hear it. So, like, beginning of my career, I was with a startup um, for about eight years and was consistently rewarded with, like, promotions and more responsibility. And, like, one of those, I would say, like, superstars that was continuing to grow and learn. And I felt like my learning curve um, started to maybe flatten off a little bit and so made a career switch or pivot um, into a new field really to get exposure to new things um, and round out, I would say, like, just my growth and development and skill set. And I did that about a year ago, feeling a lot of guilt um, around just, like, not necessarily being a rock star in that new role yet and, you know, not not having those consistent huge achievements and um, promotions yet at this point and feeling guilty of, that I made the career switch and, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not the world's best at this yet. And it's a new space for me. 
Yeah, I think um, obviously I love switchers. Switchers is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. But I think I think guilt is the reason, Matia, that a lot of people don't make a switch. Maybe they feel like I, you know, this company has been loyal to me, so I don't want to leave. Or maybe they feel like I can't leave my team. My team really relies on me, or my boss really relies on me. Or maybe they feel guilt around the fact that they have to take a pay cut, and that's going to impact their family. And so there's all of these these things tied up. And I think we often don't attribute it to an emotion because we as humans rationalize that there's always good reasons for this. But all of these rationalizations start with an emotion. I think if you can identify that underlying emotion, then you can address it. Then you can address it. And as Carrie mentioned, take action to move on. So where, so where are you today? What, do you, what are you doing? Are you thinking of making another switch? Are you thinking that, you know, you're you're going to dive in with both feet and, and um, you know, really move up in this company? What do you think, Amatia? Yeah, no, I think, um, so I, my background was in like leading large teams and sales and operations. And I switched to brand management to get exposure to new um, product development and marketing because I felt like it was on my career path. It was a gap that I didn't have, um, but it's all brand new. So, you know, I was able to get the role and they really took a chance on me, but um, you know, it was like I was pray, playing at a pro sport level in my old role, and then I switched sports and still <laughs> want to play there, but have to learn like how to dribble a basketball before I can play because it's a different sport. Yeah, no, that's a great so, analogy. Yeah, Mattia, I mean, th- so the first thing is just you, it takes tremendous courage to decide to sign up to be new again. And when you've had, when you've been such a superstar before, uh, you know, just the fact that you, chose to do that tells me that there must have been some real, really strong intrinsic motivation. So one thing is, you know, reflect on when you were new before, when you started your first career that you became a superstar in, what did you do to get to the point you're in now? You can do it again. And also remind yourself why you did this. But just, you know, you're having an identity quake. You're used to being the superstar. Now you're new. And that would be overwhelming to anyone. So, you know, the the thing that you can really anchor yourself in is why did I do this and who am I that I still am that got me to that superstar status? How can I bring that forward here? Yeah, um, well said, Carrie. And thank you so much for for being brave and calling in with true confessions, Matia. We appreciate that. And that's what this show is about, not feeling alone. The fact is we're all struggling with these things every day. This is not the stuff we're putting out there on Facebook or social media. This is the stuff we're kind of keeping deep down inside. And once you address it, it's amazing how it just floats away. So, hey, 844-942-7866, we have to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? So women consume about four pounds of this in their lifetime. Women consume about four pounds of this in their lifetime. If you think you know, give us a call at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio Sirius XM 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We'll be right back. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio.
Welcome back to Career Talk, a.k.a. True Confessions. Hey, Career Talk is on every Thursday at noon Eastern. It is the most fun you'll have in a job search. 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, author of Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and Seize Success. And hey, if you've not checked out my new website yet, I've revamped everything, drdawnoncareers.com. You can find my TEDx talk. You can find my LinkedIn learning and a ton of other free resources that I've published through Forbes and Wharton and all these other places. So do go ahead and check it out. Hey, if you've got a question, if it's Thursday, it's open calls, 844-942-7866. Of course, you can also tweet at Dr. Don Graham. And we're so excited to have Carrie Spaulding, the 30-something coach, away from her nomadic life for a few (laughs) days and in studio here. So Carrie, how can people reach you if they want more information? Well, the best place is my website, which is www.carriespalding.com, C-A-R-R-I-E-S-P-A-U-L-D-I-N-G.com. Got lost at the end of my name there. <laughs> Sometimes you <laughs> forget how to spell it. I'm just like, how many letters did I say yet? Or you can email me at carrie.spalding at gmail.com. Those are great ways to get at me. They reach me no matter where I am in this country or other countries. <laughs> so... We are talking today on Career Talk about career guilt. Guilty. Guilty. Yes. Are you feeling guilty? We want to hear your true confessions. Give us a call at 844-942-7866. We will talk to you about how you can let that go just to have a more peaceful mind, more concentration, and make better career decisions. So, so Carrie, one of the things that came up on, a, on an earlier caller that was kind of popped into my mind was this idea of imposter syndrome, which is sort of a form of guilt. Like, I, I don't belong here. I don't have the right skills. I don't um, you know, somebody's going to find me out because I, I shouldn't have gotten this promotion or I shouldn't have landed this job or I shouldn't even be making this much money. So imposter syndrome, I'll tell you, is one of mine. Whenever I, I do something new, I'm, I'm always like, uh-oh, what did I get into? How can we resolve imposter syndrome? In one easy, yeah. In, one just, easy in the next bite. thirty seconds, yeah. if you can just resolve this yeah, for us, yeah, that'd no be great. problem. I got it done. I got it. Um, well, so uh, imposter syndrome. So often underneath it is really this. So the guilt piece is like I'm not who I appear to be. I'm living a lie, right? And when we associate, we do associate lying with guilt. If you dig underneath that, chances are that you're feeling a lot of fear. Um, you know, fear of not measuring up in some way, you're feeling some of that not good enough stuff. And you're probably feeling a tremendous amount of anxiety because generally when we're experiencing imposter syndrome, we're also dealing with perfectionism, this feeling like we're supposed to be doing everything perfectly. So one thing that has really helped me in situations where I feel like I may have been prone to imposter syndrome is to remember that every human being like mathematically equals one and it might sound like a weird idea but it's like when you really think about it we all come onto this planet as one human unit and the idea that any one human is more worthy or more capable than any other is is something that I can sometimes um, kind of shake use to shake myself out you know to say hey wait a second why not me right like I just like other human being um, you know I have strengths I have challenges and I'm here the other thing that I think is really really helpful is to kill your ego it might sound crazy to tell somebody who's already feeling super insecure that they need to kill their ego because they might be like no 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 that's the problem I need to build mm-hmm. up my ego but when I say or kill, kill your ego what I mean is that 
if you're dealing with imposter syndrome, chances are you're spending most of your energy thinking about yourself and, will they like me? Am I good enough? Am I screwing it up? And you, you might kind of be in a place of thinking that it's all about you. Uh, and not that that feels good, but that may be what you're doing. And so one thing that you can do when you're in imposter syndrome is take the focus off yourself and put it on your purpose or put it on the people that you're helping or serving. So get out of what's all about me and get into what do I want to contribute today? Who do I want to help today? What is my purpose? Why am I here? What have I been charged to do? If you're um, speaking on a stage and you're feeling really nervous and scared like you're an imposter and I'm not supposed to be here, look at the people in the in the crowd and think about why are they here and what do they need and how can I serve? I have found that to absolutely knock out that imposter power and get me into a place of how do I serve and then I'm not thinking about me anymore. Yeah, I love that, Carrie, because the fact is that there's so many situations where we're, we're feeling these things and we don't even know we're feeling them. And so I want to even take a step back to that. First step is just recognizing when those thoughts are popping into your head. And we often don't. I, there's a great saying that, you know, if that voice in your head were a friend, how long would the friendship last? Because that voice is always telling us you're not good enough. You're not doing this. You should be this. And I think step one for the next week, here's your assignment. Just pay attention to that voice in your head. Write down what it's saying. It doesn't matter how crazy it is. And, and you'll start to see a pattern of, of what's happening in your mind that maybe you're not even consciously aware of because they're so micro and they pop in here and there and you just kind of, you know, gloss over them. But when you start to see it, you'll start to see the pattern of what is it? Is it that I'm not good enough? Is that I feel like there's all these shoulds coming at me, maybe from, from friends or family? What are those things? I think that is step one. Once you start to recognize them, once you start to hear those those thoughts in your head, you can address them and you can just say, yep, there's that voice again. And Carrie, I think last time you were here, you, you called it a gremlin and you, you said, name it. Yeah. Did you name your gremlin yet, Dawn? You said you were going to. I know. That was like <laughs> two years ago. Time. Accountability. I have not. I will name my gremlin though. But but I love that idea that it's it's kind of this other in your mind and you could, you could kind of name it something like, you know, pest and just flick it off, you know, just like, I hear you. I hear you. Now go away. Yeah. And it's it's trying to keep you safe. It doesn't want you to fall on your face. It doesn't want you to get hurt. And the way it does that is by trying to stop you from really doing anything or taking any risks ever. So it's not very good at its job, but it is coming from a place of trying to take care of you and protect you. Um, I think what we said before is give it a cookie. Give, give it a cookie. Okay, give that gremlin a cookie I'm and make it right go now. away. Yeah. <laughs> 844-942-7866. Hey, do you feel guilt over maybe you, you hate your job, but you show up every day. Maybe you're in the background being rude to customers and your boss hasn't found out yet. Maybe you just hate your coworkers and you're like, why do I even show up to this stinking place? We want to hear from you. 844-942-7866. We all feel these things. And I think there's always a way around them. And right now we're going to answer our pre-break quiz so if you missed it here it is one more time women consume about four pounds of this in their lifetime now Dion, i know this is not a fair question for you but no, it's not but you not know. even close yes but take a stab okay um so we're focused on women here mm-hmm. do, do do men consume this just not some four men. pounds of it some men yep okay 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 um Cause see, here's here's the here's the issue. Yes. My first thought. Yeah. PG thirteen. It. I don't know where you're going with that. Because your first thought is usually never PG thirteen. Okay, that's fair. That that's fair. Um, my first thought yeah. is is it's PG thirteen, but it's all it's kind of gross. 
Like, because a lot of moms, like, they have kids and they got to, like, you know, clean out the kids' noses and stuff. Oh. See? You're, you're oh, down the wrong go. path already. <laughs> so that, 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 that's where I started. Yep. Can you so, stop? Okay. <laughs> Can you just stop? Um, <laughs> I'm going to say nail polish. They, they bite their nails and oh, interesting. nail polish. That is such a good guess. It is not right, but it is such a good guess. And interestingly, a listener um, on social media uh, sent me a message today. They're looking forward to the pre-break quiz, and I actually gave that listener a hint, which I did not give to you, Dion. But oh, that was nice of yeah, you. Yeah, I know. Um, but, but they did not need uh, the hint, I don't think. And you actually are very close. You're very close. Dana? Now, I mean, my first, I was going to say cheese, but that's not my answer anymore because I eat way more four than... Four pounds of cheese, like, a week. Right, that's what I realized. <laughs> I think I'm going to say toothpaste, but that's not Ooh, really... that's a good one, too. ...just for women, so that's where I'm thrown off. Yeah, that I wish I got true. that hint that you... Yeah, well, the hint is it's not edible. Um, it's, it's something you should not be eating, but both of you kind of have that. Carrie, Carrie, it's up to you. So I, I, my first thought was lipstick. That's it. It is. And that's why I made that gross face. Because <laughs> ew. <laughs> that's not why you made that gross face. But um, it is lipstick. And here's the deal about lipstick. Uh, unless you're buying organic, you should know that although it's primarily wax, oil, and pigment, a lot of that pigment is made from red insects, like like the shells of ladybugs, and a lot of the um, kind of fat they use to make that oil is made from roadkill. So you so should protein. just, you should just <laughs> so know lots of protein in there. Yeah. <laughs> so either stop wearing lipstick or get a more natural. So, so when you say roadkill, is this just like random roadkill or like specific? <laughs> yeah. So I really did research this roadkill. because I know you always ask a follow up. So I did research it. So so there's a substance called tallow that goes into a lot of makeup, which is made from animal fat. Now some of that comes from you know, slaughterhouses, leftover carcasses, but a lot of it actually does come from roadkill because it doesn't, you know, it's just a part of what they're using. So you you should know this. So just like anything on the road, just yeah. we can make 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 lipstick out yeah, of it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sure there's some steps in between, but it, I, I would hope so. Yeah, I think that's how it goes. <laughs> hey, save money. Hey, I'm just Pick saying. Yo, we here on Career Talk aim to inform. That's all I'm saying. 844-942-7866. So hey, we're talking all about guilt, but let's let's start focusing Carrie on how to let go of this guilt. Um you know, there's a lot of different things we talked about. One of the things I want to pull out of what you said earlier is this idea of state versus trait. So a lot of times when either we do something wrong or we're feeling guilty about something, we we make it about who we are when it's actually just a situation. So it happens once and we start, you know, maybe we miss a meeting and we all of a sudden define ourselves as disorganized or we we hurt somebody's feelings and all of a sudden we define ourselves as, as completely insensitive and we're a terrible human being, how can we move away from this? Because I think that's where a lot of that that guilt that hangs on comes from. Right. So the first thing, you know, if you have something where it's it's the, your current state, something that you did, you know, you ask yourself, like we talked about before, what are, what are you making it mean about yourself that you did something or that something happened? Because sometimes it could be like, I didn't get the job or I didn't get the promotion, right? So either something that you did or something that happened, and then the second thing is to ask yourself, what what did I learn from this or what can I learn from this? So if you've taken an action and you're feeling guilty about it, you can ask yourself, okay, based on how I'm feeling right now, what did I learn? What can I learn? And in some cases, that might have to do with a value that you compromise that might be important. And then the third thing is ask yourself, you know, 
with this awareness, who do I want to be now? Or how do I want to be now? Because if you've acted out of integrity, um, or if something's happened to you that you're not feeling good about, you can say, all right, well, what is it that I do want? If I want to be um, kind, and I don't feel like I acted very kind, like, that's who I want to be now. And then you can ask yourself, okay, how can I do that now? How can I be that in the present? What can I do today, tomorrow, to be kind? So oftentimes, we use this sort of overarching feeling of like, I'm a jerk, right? And it kind of actually lets us off the hook to do mm-hmm. anything. So it's it's funny, we think that we're beating ourselves up, and therefore, we're not letting ourselves get away with anything. But actually, we're just avoiding the part where we use our power of choice to do something different, to take care of it, to live into our values. I'm so glad you said that, Carrie, because a lot of times, sometimes just apologizing to someone or, you know, even if it's to yourself, confessing it, admitting it, taking it on, I did something that I'm not proud of, whatever, is is the hardest part. It's really hard to apologize to someone, but if you don't, like you said, you rationalize and you just accept it and you, you it stays with you. It stays with you in these situations. Mm-hmm. So you need to acknowledge it as step one. And then you need, if you can, make amends for it. Mm-hmm. And if you can't, as you said, here's how I want to act in future situations. And something else you mentioned, too, that I think is worth bringing up again as we're talking about how to let go of, of guilt or career guilt is choice. So we we have a lot of shoulds. There's that whole saying, don't should all over yourself mm-hmm. because we have shoulds from, from greater society. We have shoulds from our family, our friends, social media, TV commercials. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And the fact is, it's really empowering if you make a choice that goes against those shoulds and you admit it. So yeah, so should you be working out every day, eating your vegetables, all this, these messages we're getting told? You know what? If you want to eat that cookie, just saying, you know what? I'm I'm choosing to eat this cookie. I'm choosing. I'm eating this cookie now. And that's what I'm doing. And, and kind of just saying that's I'm making this choice can be so empowering. Yeah. And know, and know your reasons, you know, because if you can... Make choices consciously, just like you said, Dawn, if you own your choices and say, I choose to or I choose not to, you're getting out of that sort of victim mindset of being at the effect of life and you're taking charge. And I always say to my clients, no matter what action you take, I would rather see you doing it from a point of choice and taking ownership of that choice because Mm -hmm. that's what's going to give you the power to move forward the the most effectively. Yeah. Well said. Taking taking control of that choice and getting out of that victim role. If you don't want to go to the gym, say, I'm going to choose not to go to the gym today. I'm going to make that choice. If you, you know, it's really changes everything when you say it. When something moves from a have to to want to, everything changes. So if you're, if you're feeling career guilt in any way, I'm going to give you a list of things that people often feel guilty about, but you don't need to. So if you decline to give somebody a reference or recommendation because you can't give them a stellar one, that's actually a favor. That is actually a favor because if a neutral reference is, quite frankly, a bad reference. So really easy to say, you know, I may not be the best person for that. And moving on, that's actually the kinder thing to do. Negotiating a compensation package, a lot of people feel guilty, especially if they get a good offer about negotiating. Hey, you know what? They expect you to do it. And as a recruiter, if you didn't negotiate, my first thought is I made a mistake. 
Um, asking for a raise or promotion, especially after taking on a significant project or maybe a coworker leaves and you've taken on that work, if guilt is stopping you from doing this, step back and say, hey, you know, w- let's reevaluate my worth and let's go ahead and move forward. Um, you know, leaving a job that isn't a good fit, even if it's less than a year. Sometimes we make these mistakes. You don't have to feel guilty about that. Leaving a job for a fantastic career opportunity, even if the company's treating you well. You know what? Hey, we all have long-term goals and these are things that, that you have to do. Rescheduling an interview if you're really ill, turning job, down a job that's not right for you. Even if somebody referred you, these are all things I've seen people really feel guilty about and struggle with the decisions. But the fact is, at the end of the day, when you make the choice and when you say, this is what I'm going to do, and you look at it as as a state, not personal trait, everything is going to change. So Carrie, we've always love having you here in studio, and we're very excited that you made your way to stop in on your nomadic travels. How can people reach you if they want more information? So people can reach me at carriespalding.com, C-A-R-R-I-E dot Oops, no dot, S-T-A-U-L-D-I-N-G.com or the 30-something coach, throwing that into Google or Facebook or Instagram or really anywhere in the internet uh, should find me, the 30-something coach, or you can email me at carrie.spalding at gmail.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Carrie. We love having you here. Of course, the dynamic duo, Dana and Dion, and all of our listeners and callers, we're here for you live every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific to share career tips. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk Series XM 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. You can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham, or you could check out my website, drdononcareers.com, for all things career. Have a great rest of your day, and we look forward to seeing you next time. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.